0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. All right, roll it, here. Now they have to shoot it in. Stop it right there. Look at it. As much as we, some of us wanted it to, we never picked up all our marbles and went home. Holy jumping, you never put the puck through the middle. Four Leafs watching. LeFleur, I know he's good, but too many crickets, not that good. He goes to Crom, he goes to Crom, and he goes to Crom, and from there, Crom couldn't break a pane of glass. Now watch the Toronto Maple Leafs disappear in front of the net. Lemare comes in. Look, nobody near. Pearl leaves them wide open. No one comes back in to pick them up. Palmet here doesn't have a chance. Do you got us. Gretzky comes late. Late. Stop it right here. Now at this point here, this defenseman has to do something. You- See him snap that puck in? Just two great goals. But I tell you, both made possible by breaking simple fundamental rules.
1: Oh, love hearing that! That brings back a lot of memories. A Howie Meeker montage. Oh, yeah! But like when he's saying, "Stop it right there!" Stop it right there! That's exactly how I remember Howie Meeker. I used to be watching him on Hockey Night in Canada growing up in Evansburg, a little north of Evansburg in the nineteen eighties. We lost Howie over the weekend at the age of ninety-seven. An incredible life, an incredible career in hockey as a player, as a broadcaster, as someone who loved the game and who taught the game. And to help us remember Howie tonight, we welcome Gord Cutler to Inside Sports. Gord, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I got to say, I enjoyed that montage
0: just as much as you did.
1: Yeah, that that was uh, that was awesome, Gort. Uh, I mean, you you've had an incredible career in the television business and a lot of your time working on on Hockey Night in Canada. So that's why we wanted to reach out with you, reach out to you tonight. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have enough time for for all the stories, but tell me about your uh, maybe the early days of, of your relationship with Howie Meeker. What was it like getting to know him and, and having him as a colleague?
0: Well, I, yeah, I, yeah, we wouldn't have enough time for all the Howie-isms. I mean, the man was an original, um, very authentic, um, as you can tell by uh, what you saw and what you hear. But um, I, I can tell you, you know, a funny, a uh, very original story when I f- very first met Howie, uh, and that was uh, back in the late '80s. Uh, I was a very young uh, AP at TSN at the time. I was working on a on a game. Uh, I can't remember. It was either in Calgary or Edmonton, and. I had really never met Howie. I'd grown up like everybody else, and I'd watched him on TV and and thought that he was this great guy. And now I'm out there, and I've got to go, and I'm I'm doing stats on the game. So I'm going to be sitting beside Howie all night long and feeding him information and and doing my little part. And in those days, we used to start every broadcast day with a breakfast meeting. Everybody would meet in the hotel restaurant, we'd have breakfast, and we'd get the scripts out, and and people would go through it. And I I can't remember exactly, but I'm, I'm going to guess that perhaps that game was produced by um one of my early teachers and a friend of your show john shannon so uh anyway we're sitting around the guys are we're having a conversation and as it always was we're talking about hockey and what was going on that day or the days before and i'm sitting there quietly you know i haven't i've just been introduced to him and conversation comes up and um I, i think it had as i recall it was some controversial story. I think it was like you know, Hall of Famer Glenn Anderson had been playing the Jets, and he'd gotten his stick up on somebody and clumped him around, and and so now the conversation is about well, was that good or bad or you know, and so Howie, being the Hall of Famer and the player, you know, he's his point of view was, geez, you know, well, guys, you know, sometimes the great players have to get outside the box and do a little something, something to create the space they need to be brilliant. <laughs> so it was going on, and I, I inadvertently I, I i piped up well yeah i get it but you know what about guys like Gretz and howard uh, you know you don't see them doing that and they're pretty successful well oh my lord he he goes off and just starts telling me this that and the other thing and so now the next thing i know i'm engaged in this back and forth with howie beaker and um i don't know three four or five minutes goes by and then fortunately the conversation changed and and uh, now i'm sitting at the table and i am petrified <laughs> Like both of those out, a career limiting move. I just just met Howie Meeker, the the legend, and I just had an argument with him. So long story short, you know, we break up, we go to the rink, we do our stuff, we come back. I head back over to the rink to do my work and and I'm sitting there in the up in the booth, and I am I'm mortified. I'm thinking this guy, he can't stand me. I'm the some little upstart who who had a difference of opinion with the with with Howie Meeker. and uh, so I'm pretty worried. 4.35 o'clock, Howie comes in. He comes up to the booth. He walks right up to me. Gort, how are you? Good to see you. What have you got for me tonight? And I said, oh, okay, well, here, I've got some of these notes, and I've laid them out for you. And and uh, he, put, he had these really big hands, really not a big, tall guy, but had big mitts. And uh, he put one of those paws on my shoulder, and he looked at me, and he said, that was a great conversation we had this morning. You keep that up. That's what we need. Now, what do you got? We're going to have a great show tonight. And... I, I was in awe uh, that was the that was the very beginnings of what turned into a, a thirty plus year tremendous friendship
1: that I had with Howie oh what a what a first day what a yeah. what a yeah. first memory from a friendship that that is yeah. awesome we so okay, so we had Howie saying, you know, stop it right here, um you know, the telestrator. I was yep. talking with Jack Michaels in the first half hour of the show, who does Oilers play-by-play, and he said, yep. "You know, Howie Meeker, John Madden, those are the guys you really think of of the early days of the Telestrator." I assume other people probably used it, but that's that's my one of my memories of Howie. He was on that. Uh, he was on that Telestrator. It just it just worked for him.
0: Well, you know, you had to know. Like he had a love to teach. Uh, Howie was a really big. Uh, on the fundamentals of the game as you guys were aware you know he ran hockey schools for many years uh one out east and then the one in parksville which which i used to go out every summer and work at for for 10 days or so but um he was big on on fundamentals and he really stressed that so the telestrator was a way for him to teach um and how he how he was kind of largely unfiltered I mean, it's, what he, what he saw was what he talked about. And he was very honest. Um, if if a star player made a mistake, he'd telestrate it and let everybody know the star player made a mistake. It wouldn't it wouldn't deter him from going down to the dressing room and saying hi to the guy afterwards. Um, but uh, it just it, it it allowed him the creative freedom. Uh, to do what he was best at, which was which was kind of teaching. And then you know he had the colorful language that that went with his his upbringing and and uh, that was sort of the the showmanship part of it, if you will, and and uh, he revelled in it. you know he didn't uh, he, he loved that teaching part of it, and, and that's why I think you saw it, and everybody liked it so much.
1: Gord Cutler joining us tonight on Inside Sports, remembering Howie Meeker. Gord, of course, uh, worked in the television industry, and he told you about his first uh, his first day meeting Howie Meeker. is pretty incredible. Um, you know, and, and I think you, you touched on it a little bit, but but Howie was was genuine, and I think that's why it works for a lot of broadcasters who have long. Career. And obviously, he had a great playing career. I don't want to downplay that, but I. Look, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't around for that, but, but he had that genuine energy, and I guess to me, that's probably why he was able to connect with such a large audience.
0: Yeah, I, I you know, I think what you, what you had, to, what you learned to love about how he was just, he was just really authentic, and, you know, he was, he was born and raised in, in, uh, in Ontario. Here, spent a good number of years uh, out in Newfoundland. Um, you know, spent his, his last bunch of years. Retired out in Parksville. I mean, he was a man of the entire country, but you know, he came out of you know he, he was uh, he was a veteran. Uh, you know, he came out of that era where they I I, I think it in, and history sort of shows there were just there were many many genuine people um, and how he actually. He often told me that he thought he was the luckiest guy around, that after his, what he, you know, he used to call it my, my mediocre NHL career. Um, <laughs> yeah, i got a Calder cup but, and four Stanley cups. But um, he used to say that, you know, he thought that this gift of broadcasting was just that, like, wow, how, this is amazing that somebody would allow me to do this and so it, it really came from that authentic original uh, side of him which is kind of what he was um and wh- whether you were at a breakfast or at a dinner or sitting in the, in the airport chasing planes uh, or whether i was you know out with him teaching at the hockey school or in his boat salmon fishing he was the same guy all the time and that's i think perhaps a, a little rarer uh, nowadays than it was back then
1: do you, do you remember the, the, the last time you talked to him? Were you able to stay in touch over the years? Yeah, well, we yeah, we talked often.
0: Um, you know, obviously, you know, as he got older, um, I used to go out and visit uh, and always, you know, spend a few days out there with uh, with Howie and Leah. Um, and uh, I, always, I always talked to him on his birthday. Um, and uh, I was there uh, for his 95th birthday celebration in Parksville. Uh, they had a nice uh, lunch for him that day. Um, I was always there for the big, the big numbers, um, and in between, I'd always get out. You know, I was always doing. You know, when I was executive producer of the Olympics, I was in Vancouver a lot, so I could. I just used to hop on that uh, Harbor Air flight uh, and zip over to, to Parksville and, and hang with him for a couple of days. So, um, yeah, we stayed in touch uh, all, all the time, and and uh, you know, it was just, it was a sad day the other day. I, I called him on his birthday, like I always did, and, and unfortunately, he'd had a had a had a fall the day before, and and he was in the hospital getting getting checked out and, and unfortunately he didn't didn't make it out of the hospital so um i, I did i did miss my my chat with him on this birthday but uh, i got most of the arson
2: yeah
1: yeah a great man for sure well gord this perspective is uh is really incredible and i mean look we lost alex trebek too over the weekend i don't know if you yeah. ever if you if you ever met alex or, or knew him at all but what another legend and again just so so genuine and and you could just tell he loved what he did
0: yeah, well, I mean, I think once again, it's the same era, right? They, you know, they they came out of the same the same era, and uh, they had they had a lot of similarities in their in their uh, ability to be humble and, and genuine. And I think you saw that in Alex as well. Uh, I, obviously, I didn't know him; I had met him once, but I didn't know him like I like I did. I was very very fortunate to, to have a wonderful relationship with Howie and be able to work with him, and and uh, and then just uh, you know be a friend. So, um, but yeah, I think it was a sign of the times.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, Gord, we, we really appreciate uh, you sharing some memories of, of Howie Meeker tonight for our audience. Uh, I mean, what an incredible life and career he had, and uh, we got to have you on again because there's so much stuff we could talk about with you. Olympics, hockey sure. night in Canada, but but thanks for making Howie the focus tonight.
0: Hey, I'm happy anytime I can share some thoughts uh, about Howie. Yeah, he's going to be uh, he's going to be missed by many. Um, he was a terrific Canadian and a, and a great friend to lots of us, and, and especially to me. So thanks for having me on, and I appreciate
1: you doing that. Right on. That is Gord Cutler checking in tonight as uh, we remember Howie Meeker passing away at the age of ninety-seven. Just, uh, just incredible. And I remember that telestrator. I remember that. Stop it right here. Stop it right here. Look at this. Uh, the Jiminy. Crickets and all the great lines. You heard some in that montage that we played. It is 3 left in the first half. The 0-8 Jets leading the 2-5 Patriots. 13 seven Monday night football. We remember Howie Meeker, Gord Cutler was on the show. Alex Trebek passed away over the weekend as well. Jeopardy is going to air his, uh, his final 35 episodes. Uh, I guess they were still filming episodes with Alex up until a couple of weeks ago. Of course, we're going to miss him. It's interesting. We had Peter Diakowski on the show, 11 years in the CFL as an offensive lineman last week, primarily to talk about his experience in politics on the day of the American election. Uh, Pete, uh, in 2019, uh, ran in the Canadian federal election. Uh, but Peter was also on Jeopardy! and uh, he shared that experience.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, so just, you know, for everyone who, who, who might not have watched, it's probably most of the, uh, the audience, I'm a Jeopardy! bronze medalist. Uh, so that would me three out of, uh, third out of three. <laughs> but it's, uh, it, it, is, uh, it is interesting, because when I watched at home, I was incredible. And I'd always wonder, whenever someone's on the show and they're you know, they're not having a day, you think, How is this guy on the show? you letting anyone just walk on the set. So I, I tried out for it. First you do an online test and you have to be in the top, you know, percentile or, or quarter, whatever it is of the test to get asked to come to a live in person um, a live in person evaluation. So I did the test, heard nothing and then oh, Four or five months later i got an email from sony sony pictures saying uh we're doing uh, an event in toronto uh cutouts so i went up to toronto and it was two days and they had us all in the conference room so they had one group one day and another group the other day and i was in a group with about 120 other people so they had about 250 people out to this this thing over two days in toronto uh, looking for some canadian contestants so we did a written test to make sure that we weren't cheating on the online test. And then we all in succession had to go play about a half a round of Jeopardy against two other people on a you know, full traveling set of the show with the, the actual game on a, on a projector and the real buzzer in your hand. I guess it's more of a clicker, you know? it doesn't buzz. Um, and I, you know, I did great. I, I, I cleaned up, I, I felt fantastic. And then i never heard anything so i thought oh, i guess i'm not going to be on the show and, and then again about a few, few more months later i get an email and it was in my spam folder if i hadn't checked it you know it would have oh. gone but i was invited to go down to, to jeopardy and they gave me a date in december and this is 20, it was 2013 and we went to the great cup that year i tore my patellar tendon, and my knee exploded not good um so i had to cancel my jeopardy and they put me on this um you know this, this uh, on deck ready roster in case someone else blows up their patella tendon i guess and so in february they gave me a couple weeks notice they said hey we got a spot open come on down so i i did i went down the back great Thai Cats fan it was cool to chat with him he grew up in sudbury and, and uh and we were his team so that was great the the show itself though it's over so quick because it's filmed at the pace that you watch it on tv so you know we, we get started that one of the most one of the more surreal moments was the this grandfatherly voice of the of the announcer seeing him in person and he is this beautiful golden uh california tan from living in uh hollywood all his life and it's a voice that i've known from you know childhood and you know i finally got to uh to see him so that was neat that was uh that was a highlight alongside uh alongside meeting uh meeting trebek and the uh the show itself you know first round uh double jeopardy and then final jeopardy and it's it's just so fast that uh i, I got into a hole early i was in the red i came back i built a nice stack in double jeopardy then i hit a daily double in the category that i'm good at so i bet it all um, but almost all, I got almost completely wiped out. So I was a non-factor in Final Jeopardy. I had about a 1000 bucks, and I got it wrong anyways. But it was fun.
1: Peter Diakowski, his experience on... Jeopardy and, of course, uh, interacting a little bit with fellow Canadian Alex Trebek, who we lost over the weekend. Morley Scott has the Double E Football Team Coaches Show with Scott Milanovich coming up after the 730s. Well,
2: I guess some other special guests tonight, Morley. What's going on? Yeah, it, it's the Coaches Show without Scott Milanovich uh, tonight because uh, Scott continues his vacation. He's gone back to his uh, his farmly, family acreage uh, in Pennsylvania. Uh, There's been a little news out of Pennsylvania, I guess, the last couple of days, but uh, he'll be back next week. And Tonight, we're talking with uh, General Manager Brock Sunderland and we'll also hear from uh, double e quarterback trevor harris as well so that's a couple of pretty good replacements for the coach who will return to the airwaves one week from tonight did you watch the steelers pull that one out yesterday Oh, my goodness. You know what? For an 8-0 team, they sure haven't played very well the last three games. Uh, they've had to come from behind. And that, what was that? The second week in a row they had to get a, a knockdown on a pass to the end zone to save the victory. But uh, that defense is something good, Something good, man. They just, they just when they need to, they just buckle it up and go after you. Uh, and uh, it got them the win yesterday. Uh, Big Ben got hurt, so hopefully he's going to be okay. The knee injury a little bit. But he played better after he got the knee hurt. I think they woke him up a little bit.
1: Could they give that defense to the Seahawks, maybe?
2: My goodness. Uh, wow. They, the Seahawks need an upgrade. Let's just put it that way for sure. Yeah, yeah. that defense is not very good at all. No, I mean, I was
1: uh, Alex Gold, who uh, hosts a, a talk show in Kansas City. Um, and he's been on with me a couple times. Said, you know, how can Russell Wilson be the MVP if he has four turnovers? And I was kind of like, well, Mahomes had five turnovers in a game when he won the MVP in 2018. I mean, they're both great quarterbacks. The thing is with Wilson, like the Seahawks, have to score every time they have the ball, or they're going to lose. That's the yep. point they're at.
2: Absolutely right. You, you got you need some help sometimes. You can't do it all by yourself, right? Morley Scott's coming up. Double E football team coaches show.
1: Thanks to Dave Campbell, producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer, back tomorrow at 6. Hall of Famer Mark Howe will be one of the guests. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening.
0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.